Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoma's Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. It's Baylor week, Jacob. We're, uh, we're, we're recording a little bit late. We'll get into kind of the details of that later, but uh, it's Baylor week and uh, a ton of the top 25 matchup. Both teams in the top 25 this week. It's kind of crazy. This was not what bit. I expected when you put Baylor on the calendar. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be kind of a ho-hum week. Right. Uh, you know, not, I mean, Baylor, you know, wasn't very good last year, and so I didn't know what to expect this year. And being Iowa State, coming off Iowa State, you know, you look at their schedule like, that would be a ho-hum week. They'll probably have that loss. And right. OSU oh, probably be undefeated, but, yeah, you know, whatever. And it's complete opposite. It's a big game. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Really hard to figure Baylor out, though. Yes. Hard to know much about them. Yes. I mean, obviously, the Iowa State win tells you something. Uh, that, that but it was a weird win. It was. It was a weird win. It's hard to know what the deal is with Iowa State, really, yeah. and and what their issues are. So there's just a lot of unknown uh, around this uh, this team in this game because of that. And their first three games were not against good opponents. No. You know, I mean, Kansas is a Big 12 game technically, so – Yay, I guess, but <laughs> Kansas is terrible. So yeah. I just I don't I don't have a gauge of this team at all, other than than Tristan Ebner is pretty talented. Yeah. Um and they've got a really big running back that was a linebacker. They moved back to running back. That <laughs> right. Run back, linebacker, running back. Um, you know, so that's kind of essentially what I know about Baylor right. to be true. I guess. Right. Exactly. Um it's it's set up, sets up to be a uh, a very interesting game. Robert Griffin the third on the call. He's uh, in his rookie year as an ESPN broadcaster uh, on ESPN two. The game is on uh, at six p.m. on Saturday. Um, RG three not giving up the uh, the old playing career. I found that out. I oh really? I, yes, I was I was not aware. I, I thought that uh, this move to the broadcast booth was uh, was was the signal that uh, yeah. that he's done. Only 31 years old, which I was uh, also surprised at. I mean, but yeah, okay. Yeah. But he says he throws every day, says he trains every day, so not uh, not giving up. But that said, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of interest in his broadcasting ability, and uh, and and he seems pretty good at it. So, so why did he sign a multi-year contract with ESPN <laughs> if he's not done? They literally said in the press release it's a multi-year contract. Right, exactly. Yes. Ah, okay. ESPN is very excited about having him. Well, yeah. He's got a lot of personality. He does. He so really does. I think he'd be really good at it. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he reacts with Baylor on the field. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, OSU fans have been upset about this, but they got to realize Brandon Whedon called the opening game of the season. Yeah. There's clearly a conflict of interest. Right. Um, who is it? Uh, Dusty Dvorak, right? Yeah, Dusty does, Dvorak has, has done some OU games game. for ESPN. So, I mean,. This happens. You can't. Yeah, you can't avoid it. Sometimes. No. No, you can't. It's. Uh, it is what it is. RG three is very excited about the opportunity to call a, a Baylor game, but you can tell in the way that he talked. Uh, we were on a Zoom call with him for about twenty five minutes, and you can tell from the way that he talked that he is. Uh, he's very much emphasizing his need to be unbiased in this game. And he's a guy that's not afraid to uh, to 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 call people out. He's uh, he didn't shy away from it in uh, in the NC State Clemson game. He referred to the Clemson offense as archaic. Oh, all right. And uh, and got asked about that and and stood up to for his comments uh, on that um, in terms of uh, why he said that. 
and uh, it was it was really interesting stuff. So, um, but back to the uh, the game at hand. I think um, it's it's weird to think that special teams is going to be as important as it is, but mm-hmm. you kind of feel like that. I mean, that was that was a big factor in in the Iowa State win for Baylor. It um, it has been a, a factor for Oklahoma State all year. They had the uh, the one slip up against Kansas State and allowed the kickoff return. But other than that, uh, they've been really good on special teams, both uh, returns and coverage. So it feels like a special teams play could could be the difference in this game. Yeah, it's kind of weird that it's strange to me when you look at that Baylor had the kick return touchdown last week and OSU allowed a kick return touchdown the right. same week. It's kind of um, an odd feeling. Right. I assume for OSU fans and for us covering, it's like, what's going to happen here? Is OSU going to, I don't know if OSU is actually going to kick the ball to him. Right. That'd be be the question. Uh, You know, I think kick it deep in the end zone and hope he doesn't take it out or, um, kick it away from him, kick it someone else. But I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, that's been such a big emphasis. You know, Gundy's talked about, they, you know, move four scholarships years a few years back from offense to defense, and a lot of that was for special teams purposes too. Right. You know, because a lot of the defensive players go go and play special teams, and that's he's he's credited that to why special teams has gotten better, but defense has gotten better, and so I'm I'm interested to see this. This is fascinating to me when you really think about special teams. I mean, Tom Hutton's going to have to punt well. Alex Hale's going to have to figure out his golf swing. Right. And uh, you know, I think it's going to really be important. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Hutton, um, you know, the one thing that he doesn't get a lot of credit for, and I'm trying not to be the uh, Tom Hutton fan club president right now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm trying not to be that guy right now. But one thing that he's really good at is a very high hanging punt Mm -hmm. that that allows the coverage team to get down. He might not not boom at 55 yards, but but he can hang a 40-yarder in the air for a really long time. And make it really difficult on the return game to the return man to get anything going in uh, on on punt returns. So and he's really good getting pin people inside the twenty too. And yeah. so I think you know that'll be huge. He'll kick them high there, and you know maybe pin them deep too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you're right about Alex Hale. Uh, you know, last year was so reliable before he got hurt, and now going through some some technical issues in his swing that uh, he's really got to get figured out because if uh, if they get into another really tight ball game where they need a field goal, it's, uh, it's, it's a tense situation now. Um, and granted, he's been run out there for some long ones this year. He hasn't had a bunch of chip shots mm-hmm. to attempt. Maybe he, maybe that's what he needs yeah. is, a, is a game with three 25-yard field goals. It's, it's, it's like a hitter in a slump, bunt. Right, You know, they exactly. used to always tell us when we were growing up, just bunt, bunt yeah. your way out of that slump. You know, yeah. get to see the ball better. Um, right. I don't know how much that works in these days, but yeah, you know, maybe that's it. Chip shot, you know, because last week his misses were at forty-eight and forty-nine yards, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's not easy. No, so I, no, I can't make a field goal to save my life, anyways. <laughs> but then, you know, I definitely can make a forty-eight and forty-nine yarder, right? So. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, something like that—a game with 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 three twenty-five yard field goals just to get his confidence back might be something that would uh, mm-hmm. that would would help him. In uh, in the long run, and they're gonna they're gonna need him down the stretch, so they'll uh, they'll need him to figure that out. So really important there. Um, 
Well, that's a lot of talk about special teams to start the podcast. Man, it really is. We <laughs> talk about the the deep snappers too while we're at it. Might I as mean. well. <laughs> Matt Hembro. Everybody thinks he's going to play in the NFL. It, they do. They do think he's going to play in the NFL. I, I don't know how to judge that, but by either. all means, then I will agree with him. He's going to yeah. play in the NFL, Scott. Exactly. <laughs> You could be the president of the Matt Hembro fan club. Oh, I don't. I, I think, don't, I think mm. that spot's. Well, I don't know. That one might be spoken for. That might know. be spoken for. I'm gonna. We'll we'll ask around and see if that's spoken for on the beat. Yeah. Uh, the, see those volunteers. Right. Exactly. Um, moving over to the the offensive side of the ball, um, I went on uh, a Waco radio station and and got asked how Spencer Sanders has uh, has what kind of development he's shown this year. And I didn't know how to answer that because, I mean, he's coming off one really, really good game Mm -hmm. and another game where he played better than he got credit for and didn't Mm -hmm. didn't make any mistakes. He's got back-to-back games with no turnovers. Um, that's uh, That's a really important factor, but it's hard to really judge him based on what this offense has been through four games. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know just how well he has developed all that's all that stuff that we heard in the off season about all the growth in the spring mm-hmm. and those things it certainly showed up last week but before that we hadn't had a chance to really see it and so it's it's hard so i'll ask you the same thing how do you feel spencer sanders has has developed this you know I, I know it's hard to see but i look at i look at the boise state game and i know he didn't throw it a ton right but he didn't force it either Mm-hmm. Which I think in the past he would have made some really bad decisions. Yeah, um, not a knock on Spencer as a person or anything like that, but I think that he would have forced it. He would have gotten frustrated, right, and tried to make some really tough throws or run the ball in crazy ways. And I know Gundy referred to him as a Tasmanian Devil the other day, which right. I, I don't, I don't know about a Tasmanian Devil. That was a little strange. That's that's Jalen Warren to me, right? But uh, or Brennan Presley running out of control into into yeah. devastating hits. But um, Spencer in that game that showed a lot of maturity and growth to me. Just willing to take what was there right. and hand the ball off so much, and then make he made good throws when he had the opportunity. Yeah, he, he did. passed well. You know, I know the first half that they completed what one pass or something, right. but there were drops and yeah. stuff like that. So, I th- I think that was the game that, and then last week I'm starting to see what people are talking about in the spring. Yeah, and that was my my comment was uh, on the radio station was to you know let's see what he does this week mm-hmm. because because the thing that he really needs to develop is consistency, and you know stringing good consistent games together like mm-hmm. this is is really the key for him and so that's the uh, that's the most important thing going forward as uh, as we try to figure out what exactly he has uh, has done to make himself better is just being being him week after week and not being the guy that uh, that, that that makes the dumb throws or the bad decisions or tries to fit a throw in somewhere in double coverage where he can't fit it in and, and those type of things. So this week's really important for him because he's coming off a really good game and, and he can't affa- uh, afford to take a step back right now because the, uh, the schedule only gets tougher from here. And, um, you know, they're going to need him putting up points 
going forward for uh, for for this offense. They they can't go back to uh, what they were a couple of weeks ago. Mm-mm. It won't work in the Big Twelve. No, no, it won't. And you know they're going to hit the road uh, after this Baylor game for for a couple of games. They got an off week, and then uh, and then Texas and and Iowa State road trips after that in October. That's so. a tough back to back road trip. That is. That's woof. That is especially like if you get a night game at, at in Austin mm-hmm. by chance, and then uh, then then have to make the Iowa State trip. That was uh, that would be uh, that would be t- that would be tough. We don't know the kick time for the Texas game yet. We'll find that out next uh, Monday. But um, but yeah, that would be a, a, a tough trip to make on the uh, on the back to back. Looking at the defense, Malcolm Rodriguez uh, didn't lead the team in tackles for for once. I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't know what to think of that. It's it's it was very odd. He 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 abided by by Colby Harvell Peel's wishes and let some plays slide through and he missed a tackle at one point too and I thought what is going on? <laughs> right. He never lets go of a guy. No. Um but um still uh, still played well. That's uh, I'm joking of course, not knocking Malcolm's play. He was uh, still outstanding. Um Colby Harvell Peel had a really good game and and continues to improve. Uh, I think the way that the way that he's playing, he seems to have really settled in. Or or you know maybe Trey Sterling getting injured has has taken things up a notch for him. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is, but he really looks locked in right now. He does two interceptions in, in you know two weeks and nearly had a third the other day that I asked him about you know how much he wanted that he didn't want to talk about it, no. um, which. It was more of a joking. Didn't want to talk about it, but he, yeah. I mean, he didn't want to talk about it. But it was not an upset question by any means. But um, you just get the sense that he knows this is it. Yeah, and he's got a chance to go make some money after this, which he should. And there's a chance to really go and and lead the way. And when you think about how often he's lined up behind Malcolm, right. <laughs> you know, like that's a tough side of the defense to go after. Yeah. Um, but I like, you know, I asked him, I think with someone, maybe I did or someone asked him kind of, you know, what there's a trick to getting these interceptions later on. I think he's just, he's, he's such a veteran presence. He knows what's going to happen essentially. Not, he, he has an idea what's going to happen right. and he gets himself in position better than he has before. He's always been in a good position. Yeah. You know, I think of the Iowa State game two years ago when he had, uh, what, 30 pass breakups in a game, I think, right? <laughs> I mean, it just, it just seemed like they kept throwing at Colby and he kept breaking up passes. And from then on, I feel like he's gotten better and better in coverage. Yeah. Yeah, he really has. He just uh, just finds a way to be uh, to be where the ball is. And, uh, you know, whether he's making tackles or, or intercepting passes, breaking up passes, whatever it is, uh, playing really well. Now the uh, the defensive front, I'm uh, I'm really curious about – Considering uh, Brock Martin is is out at least uh, at least for a short period mm-hmm. of time, it's hard to say exactly how long he'll be out. Dislocated the elbow. Yeah, not. I think from what I've heard, they're hoping just a couple of weeks. They're hoping yeah. Texas or Iowa State return. Yeah, that would be good because he was really playing yeah. really well. He was having a, a great season. You don't want to see him be derailed for too long because of that elbow injury that, um, that, that took him out in the third quarter, third or fourth quarter late in the game. Um, but, uh, Colin Oliver, top of the depth chart now. Yeah. I, and I know he's graded out well on PFF and 
has played well and stuff, but he's been in such a limited role. Now with such, you know, with so many more snaps coming his way, I'm curious how he's going to handle it. He's still a little light to me. Right. Um, Gundy brought up that that he gets he gets fatigued. He gets fatigued, easily. yes. And so, you know, I'm curious how that's how he's going to hold up. Um, because when he goes out, well, you're left with Ben Kapinski, right? right. I mean, and yeah. Kapinski needs to be a limited guy, too. Because um, we don't know what's going on with Tyron Irby. He didn't really play last week, no. but he's not, you know. Um, so it's going to fall a lot on Tyler Lacey, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's where they need, they'll need that other side of the ball, uh, other side of, of the formation mm-hmm. to uh, to really pick up the uh, the production on that uh, on that side because Martin was leading the team in, in tackles for loss and sacks at the time of his injury. So really important for uh, for the other side to uh, to come through guys where you got Tyler Lacey and uh, and Cody Walterscheid and uh, Nathan Latu who are guys that are playing really well and, and showing some depth over there you're gonna need them to uh, to help out and uh, you know this really limits what uh, what Jim Knowles can do with that pass rush package he had been using because he was running three of those guys out there at a time with uh, with Tyler Lacey and uh and and really having an impact, but uh, he just doesn't have the depth there anymore for for at least a couple of weeks. So very uh, very strange situation to uh, to be in for uh, for Jim Knowles because that's a, a position that you thought at the beginning of the year was a a position of strength, and then mm-hmm. Trace Ford goes down with the ACL. And now Rock Martin's out, and now they're really thin there. Um, it's one of those things where when they brought up the, the idea of Colin Oliver playing at the beginning of the year, I was like, they're crazy. Yeah. Well, How's he going to get yeah. any snaps? What's he going to get snaps in the fourth quarter when yeah. it's out of hand, maybe? Exactly. And now he's, uh, like I said, top of the depth chart this week. So, so very interesting situation for them in, uh, in that position. But, um, you know, and, and the thing that, uh, that I think is going to be even more important is finding out what kind of, uh, what kind of a defender, Colin Oliver is in the in in run stop situations mm-hmm. because he doesn't play a lot in no. in those those roles. He's no, more Brock is excellent at the stopping the run, and so that's going to be huge. You know, I wonder if they're going to bring. I think you know. I think we might see Jason Taylor blitz more. Yeah, um, he blitzes some already, but he's better at that role than he has coverage a lot of times. And right. So I think you might see that more. Um, Malcolm comes on blitzes a lot but i think you see him and harper obviously i think you're going to see some of that creative yeah. ways that Knowles will try to get a pass rush elsewhere yeah yeah it'll be uh it'll be an interesting thing to see what Knowles does um you know i, I could be wrong about this i could be remembering it incorrectly but uh, latu i think played some at that leo position in the spring whenever okay. they didn't have any other bodies over there and uh so could see him shuffle back over there to that side of the ball. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what Jim Knowles comes up with. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to our three questions. Three we, questions. Uh, here we, we go. Prepare to wrap this thing up here. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. Will Oklahoma State rush or pass for more yards? Rush. Interesting. I'm going Interesting. rush. I like what Baylor's secondary has been doing lately. They yeah. made life tough on Brock Purdy. Right. They've been really good against the run too, but I think OSU's finding something there. Um, 
And uh, I'm going to go with Rush, especially Spencer Sanders' yeah. ability to run the ball. I am. Uh, I'm going with pass. Okay. I think that uh, I think that the momentum they found in the passing game last week carries over. I think that they're able to uh, to find some one on one situations that that really help them. And um, and I think the uh, the screen game will continue to be yeah. a a weapon huge. that they can use. Yeah, that was huge. Last it really week. was. It was really big, very successful uh, play design there. Uh, we'll see if they go back to that specific play design or if they've got something else up their sleeve for uh, for the screen game. But um, either way, I, I like them to pass for more yards this week. All right, on the defensive side of the ball, over or under. 1.5 takeaways for the Oklahoma State defense. Going over. Over. Yeah. I like with the trend. I think uh I think uh the defense is starting to gain even more momentum with turnovers. You know, Colby got close to two interceptions. You know, you got the fumble recovery by Malcolm. I think there's going to be lots of opportunities that they can get some turnovers at this Baylor offense. All right, I'm going over as well. I think the uh, the confidence they're gaining right now is uh, is really a boost. Um, you know, they've got back to back games with with two takeaways each. I think they do that again. Now, if I had asked over or under two and a half, what would you have gone there? I'm going over again. Still going over? Yeah, I think so. All right, I think I'll go with three. All right, good call. Good yeah, call. I think I'll go with three. All right. I even think that it might be Bernard Converse who gets the interception this week. Ooh, that would be interesting. Yeah, I would like like to see that for yeah. him. Yeah, I it's think so, so. It's so tough on uh, on those guys. They play so much man, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know you're getting getting turned around at the last second, or or just sticking your hand up in uh, yeah. you know in the catch zone and uh, trying to make a play. It's hard for those guys to get a pick sometimes in uh, in this defense, but uh, but I would like to see that. Uh, I, I like Jark. He's yeah, I do good too. Dude. I think I think I think this is his week. Number twenty four. In case Mike Gundy is listening. Oh yeah, needs to be reminded. Yeah, that was funny. Number twenty four. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Number twenty four. <laughs> um. All right. Last one. Um. Special teams. Who has the longer return? Brendan Presley or Tristan Ebner? Presley. All right. And I'm going with that because I don't know how much Oshu's actually going to kick to Tristan <laughs> Ebner. Right. <laughs> so I think I think they're going to work really hard to make sure he doesn't burn them. So I'm going with Presley. I am uh, I'm with you on that and and the, the very same reason. I think uh I think they're going to be doing whatever they can to get kickoffs out of the end zone or deep into the end zone, which uh we've seen them be able to do on a on a fairly consistent basis this year uh after some early struggles. Um uh, but uh, but they've they've been much better in that area, and uh, I talked about the punting earlier, so I won't go into any more detail yeah. about that. But I, I think that uh, they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that they are limiting what Baylor is able to do in the return game. So I uh, I also think that they're not going to fall asleep like they did in the kick return last week against Kansas right. State. Right? Yeah, I think they've uh, they've been awakened. Yeah, now th- at this I point, I think they got a little relaxed mm-hmm. on that kick return. Yeah, um, I was even relaxed because I was hardly paying attention. I did not expect that, and it was right. like, "Oh, there he goes." Yes. So, um, you know, I think that I think it'll be different this week. I think they'll be a little more focused in. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I would agree with that as well. All right, well, that brings us to my favorite segment, the most important thing I forgot. Anything uh, Anything left dangling out there? Well, we didn't explain why we're late this week on the podcast. Oh, that's right, we didn't. We did not I, get I, into that I, whatsoever. I. I Teased that early, yeah, and then completely forgot. We, That's we, why we have this segment. Yes, exactly. So, 
It's been a hectic week. I uh, Tuesday, so Tuesday I was in town already all day on Stillwater, and so um, basketball availability too. I didn't actually go to play, football player availability, right. yeah. so um, we didn't ride together either. So no. it's just you know our mobile studio was non-existent this week. He'll be yeah. back on Saturday night, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, that's why that's why we're here on Thursday in in my uh, d- uh, dining room uh, with Cohen asleep in the other room. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, and and he's been great. He's slept all the way through. Yeah. I was I was really nervous. Oh, we were, oh, we were going to wake him up. He's down. So. He's down. All right. <laughs> so Good deal. Got the sound machine going everything for him. We'll uh we'll give us a little uh insight into what you saw over at basketball practice. I think they're going to be really good. Yeah. I think so. Um Musa Cisse, the new they say he's 6'10, 6'11. Look at it 7-footer there when I see him. <laughs> that guy's huge. He's 225. He's thick. He's He's mean in the paint. He's um, ask Avery Anderson how mean he is in the paint because Avery Anderson uh, would be on a poster right now if it was a real game because he tried to challenge Musa for some reason and Musa just dunked all over him. Oh it, was, my. it was it was brutal. It was it was really really brutal. Um, and uh, you know, and Avery would say, "Well, I got him later at the layup." I'm like, "Yeah, layup doesn't <laughs> over a guy doesn't quite count as the fact that you got dunked on." No. And uh, but uh, you know they're gonna be really good. Um, the new guys add so much depth and length. Um, they're really long. Their defense is gonna be really tough. I think. Um, you know, when you add Tyreek Smith, he's a big body. Woody Newton from Syracuse is long uh, stretch four who could shoot outside and and play defense and you know Bryce Thompson's Bryce Thompson he's a five star for a reason right and, yeah you know I don't think if the fit was right at Kansas and you know I think he'll fit in really well in Mike Boynton's system and yeah, Isaac likely has dropped some weight and says he's in a better place mentally than he was last year and you know Avery Anderson I think is ready to get himself in the uh, first round of the draft and. Uh, you know, I think um, there's a lot of pieces there that can make this team really, really good. It's going to be interesting. Uh, feels weird to already be talking basketball, but here we are. So. I'm I'm just a little weirded out just because I think last year totally threw me off. I had the one full season of college basketball mm-hmm. in 2019. It was my first year really covering college basketball. I kind of got used to that. And then last year, I think got pushed back because right. of the pandemic. And so now it's starting so early. I'm like, wait a second, what are we doing here? It's the end of September, and we're like basketball practice is going. Like that didn't happen last year. It was November, you know, right. essentially. Yeah. So it's 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 throwing me a little off too. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, so yeah, that's why that's why the podcast is coming to you a little bit later than usual. But we'll be back on track next week, and uh, and of course we'll have our post game podcast after the Baylor game from the mobile studio. So. That'll do it for this edition of the Cowboy Chronicles podcast. Thank you for listening.